the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness and more. And now your host making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Jersey, Connecticut, from PS185, Poly Prep, SUNY Purchase, CUNY Law School, the Brooklyn DA's office, a little law firm, and now AM970, The Answer, at 111 Broadway, in the greatest city in the world, in the heart of the greatest city of the world, New York City. I am absolutely prejudiced when it comes to the greatest city of the world. My heart and soul is in New York I love traveling around the United States of America. I love Italy. It's in my veins, especially Sicily. But I'm a New Yorker through and through. And I am so lucky to be able to sit in this studio, to sit in the famed building here in Lower Manhattan, and to be able to talk to you for at least an hour um, every day. We're going to see how this goes. This is the maiden voyage. It's interesting because right before I came on the air, my heart started pounding a little bit right before uh, I give a, maybe a closing argument in the courtroom. The difference is here in the studio, I get to like jump up and down and listen to the Rolling Stones, whereas in the courtroom, I have to be a little bit more uh, refined. I obviously have to just start off real quick by thanking Jerry Crowley, who is the general manager here, of giving me this opportunity. But he didn't just give me the opportunity. He gave me the tools so that you and I can have a great hour every night on your way home. One of those tools is I'm working with the operations manager at here at AM 97. Is that your title? Only the best, and yes, that is my title. All right, Matt Sambolin, another Brooklyn boy, or at least right now he's a Brooklyn boy. Uh, he's the guy who's going to be helping me do all of this uh, every night, make sure the commercials come in and out the right way, make sure the music comes in and out the right way, and this is how much I care, folks. I stayed in my office this past Friday night, uh, real late, and I went through my whole, when I say real late, like 2.30, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, and one of the many things I did, besides attending to files, uh, towards the later part of the night, I had a little espresso, so I was a little amped up, uh, I went through my whole personal uh, library of music, and I gave Matt all of the bands that I have fallen in love with over the years, and that I think you guys would like to hear those little 10-second clips of here and there. So why is it Start Me Up that we start off with, and why is it the Power Hour? You know, some people were like, well, it sounds more like, you know, you're doing a morning show as opposed to an evening show. But I did a little research, and the people who listen to talk radio 
uh, are uh, right around my age. So I am 54 years old. The the data says that people who listen to talk radio are 55 years old. So here I am in the sweet spot of uh, our listening audience. So I picked songs from, you know, basically the 70s, 80s, 90s. A few from today, like for me, like modern is like Katy Perry and Pink. Um, after I give Matt this four-page list of all these bands, I then find out he's actually a DJ when he's not here. So he's got the music inside out. Matt, you're going to like DJ a little like yeah. party for us? So? I'll, I'll see what I could do. I mean, right. And it was more like 11 pages of music. It was 11 pages, yeah. We, so I'm just trying to try to keep it a little bit interesting. But Typical attorney over-preparing. Yeah, well, listen, when I lecture anywhere, I tell the students that there is no substitute for preparation as I prepare today for today's show. Um, so the power hour, so it's six o'clock. Now there are different categories of people who are doing different things at this time, but for the majority of people, for those who don't do like an overnight radio show, uh, this is the, the last segment, the beginning of the last segment of the day. So whether you're in your car right now, having been up since six o'clock in the morning and you're heading home or you're like my sister Lori, who's been teaching kindergarten till three o'clock and then has to take her son Nicholas to driver's ed and her daughter Juliana to dance lessons. Then she gets home at six o'clock and it's homework and you, you, you need a little, a little, a little pump up, a little boost, a little boat dose of caffeine. Or you could be my wife, Marianne, who God bless her has been nursing our seven-week-old daughter nonstop while she's on Zoom calls with the court, while she's, the other day I leave the house, she's doing a closing virtually, a house closing virtually. But 6 o'clock, there's still like a lot of life left. And I can tell you that sometimes at 6 o'clock when I'm done with the, the, the work of the day and I'm heading home, I'm going to have little five-year-old Arthur running and jumping in my arms, or I'm going to have Luca finishing his homework, wanting to either play a video game or watch the Nets game or something like that. So... Maybe at six o'clock we'll just uh, we'll talk about the news of the day. Obviously, we can't ignore that. Uh, I will tell you that this is not going to be a big, heavy legal show. Um, it's not going to be an advertisement for my law firm, that's for sure. Um, it's going to be talking about New York stuff uh, on AM nine seventy. They're blessed to have uh, national hosts. Uh, Joe Piscopo in the morning always lets you know what's going on down in Washington D.C. and in Congress. Um, I'm going to leave that to people who are better to do it than I am. I am going to focus heavily on Eric Adams, Mayor Eric Adams and his administration. I think this is a uh, a crucial point in New York City history uh, for many, many reasons that we'll get into when we're all hanging out over this hour. Uh, day after day, we're not going to do it all today. I will tell you there's going to be a lot that we can't cover. Uh, even today, there were so many stories and so many things that I wanted to talk about. That you know you have to really just narrow it down, but that's that's not a bad thing. Uh, focusing on topics that I think would be relevant to people who are winding down the day, but still have a couple of hours left to to uh, to do some work. Uh, I hate to start off with the, the the my first story being such a sad story, but obviously those lives lost in the Bronx. Uh, it, it's just a horrible New York City tragedy. Um, my grandparents, uh, lived in the Bronx for a very long time. I know 65 years. I believe they were in the same apartment building in Pelham Bay. Uh, my dad grew up there. So I was in the Bronx all the time uh, until my mid twenties. And, uh, when, you know, when you, when you see the videos of the actual fire and then I was reading everything today, I mean, 
if there's a nice part of this, it was nice that Eric Adams said there were less people. There was 17 people, not 19 people who we lost. Of course, eight of those were children. And, you know, it's in today's day and age where there should be so much fire suppression and there should be it. They all died from what the mayor said today from smoke inhalation. And, uh, you know, you, you got to just congratulate and thank from the bottom of your heart uh, the New York City firefighters who, you know, they risk their lives uh, to run in there and, and they're pulling children out. They're pulling older people out. I did have some contact today with the mayor's office and they asked me if I could give you this website, www.nyc.gov, or you could just Google the mayor's fund. And that is a place where you can make a no da- donation. And to be true to you, uh, as soon as they sent that to me, I went online immediately. And it was very simple to put a credit card in and make a donation. And 100% of the money that you give is going to go to the families for housing and clothing. I mean, so many of these people lost everything. And, you know, when you think of the amount of people you're talking about, because there's 15 people in critical condition in the hospital. So you're talking about almost a total of 13, uh, almost 30 families that are devastated in some way or another. And if you extrapolate that out, um, there's hundreds of people who are affected by this. So our hearts go out to them. It's totally sad that this is the first time the first story that we have to do, but as New Yorkers, let's all pull together. Let's go on that mayor's fund and let's um, help our fellow New Yorkers because that's what we are here to do. I do want to tell you how I'm able to be here today. It is through a wonderful car dealership, and I don't say that lightly at all. The people, Mike Esposito, who owns Mitsubishi uh, in the dealership in Freehold, New Jersey, uh, sometimes known as Platinum Mitsubishi, have been his family and I have been friends since 1990 when I was a uh, a uh, intern in the Manhattan DA's office. They have an unbelievable car dealership. I've been there dozens and dozens of times. And the new Mitsubishi product, I am a car guy. You're going to learn that about me. I love cars, especially old cars. But these are new cars, and the new Mitsubishi project pr- product is absolutely sensational. And if you need to check out a new car. You could just go on their website, which is freeholdmitsubishi.com, freeholdmitsubishi.com, and their phone number is 732-863-5501. Ask for Angelo and say, hey, Idala. I heard Idala on the radio, Angelo. He says you're giving, give, me, give me a good deal. They have three different um, SUVs and two different sedans, and believe me, they've lent me them, and they're, they're no joke. Like, just so you know, there are no bad cars anymore, depending on, it doesn't matter the price, there's no bad cars. They're all good. I had the little Mitsubishi, the Sport. It's got a blackout edition. It is. It was a blast. It was a total hoot, especially if you grab it in stick shift, which is a dying breed in the automobile industry, something we will focus on every once in a while on this show will be cars and what's going on in the, uh, the world of automobiles. So I think our first segment is basically going to be in the books and Guess what? I'm going to have a guest on next. And I'm going to have a guest whose seat I am warming seriously, like legitimately right now, coming up in our next segment. The man who is the anchor, I call him the anchor of AM 970, The Answer, Joe Piscopo, Saturday Night Live. He was a legend when I was in poly prep with my buddies in the class of 85. He and Eddie Murphy replaced the original cast and they had a huge task 
And uh, he stepped up, and he's been at the microphone here at AM 970 for eight years. We're going to talk a little bit about Joe, about with Joe. I'm going to interview him for a change because he's always interviewing me. So I hear a great band, Sam Bolin, hooked me up. I think Mark Knopfler would be maybe in my uh, Mount Rushmore of rock and roll uh, music. He would be one of the faces up there with Springsteen, went up there with Sinatra, up there with Mick. And it's a toss-up between Knopfler and uh, Bono from U2. Am I a kid from the 80s or what? All right, stay tuned. We're going to be back right after these messages. Take it away, Mark Knopfler. All right, so. I am a Brooklyn boy. Everyone knows I'm a Brooklyn boy. All you have to do is hear my accent, and you'll know I'm a Brooklyn boy. It's so funny because us Brooklynites, we don't think we have these accents, but trust me, they're there. And I think they're awesome, by the way. Who wants to talk like you're from Kansas? In Brooklyn, I mean, they have many locations, but in Brooklyn, I know a law firm by the name of Connors & Sullivan. And they are serious, serious attorneys when it comes to estate planning. Now, what they asked me to talk to you about today is charity. Why not consider the charities and causes that you care about most and create a plan that fulfills your wishes after you are gone? Now, we don't ever think we're going to be gone, but uh, trust me, when you're on the other side of 50, you realize eventually you're going to be gone. This can be done in two ways. One is to establish your philanthropy plan so it serves your interests and protects your assets. The second is to think about how you can include your favorite organizations in your will and trust. Connors and Sullivan's lawyers can help you create a, a philanthropic plan, wills and trusts that specifically benefit your favorite charities and causes. Look, nobody wants to think about you know coming in for a will or a trust. They, they'd rather come in and say, I'm buying a house or I'm opening a business. But the fact is, everyone needs a will. Trust me on that. And possibly a trust. God willing, you're blessed to have enough bread that you need to trust. It's important that you determine who gets what. So you could schedule a free consultation with one of Connors and Sullivan's attorneys. They're in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. Or visit connorsandsullivan.com. Fly me to the moon. Let me play. Among the stars Let me see What spring is like On Jupiter and Mars In other words Hold my hand In other words Baby, kiss me Giuseppe Piscopo, are you going to hold my hand? You don't have to kiss me, Joe, but are you just going to hold my hand through this radio journey that I'm embarking on today, Joe? Is that the plan? Fly me to the moon, baby. There you go. You are all I long for, all I worship and adore. Well, that just you know cost what? us 5000 bucks. We just had to pay for <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Was that it 5000 to sing that far? I mean, I know you're, you know, you're a high-priced guy now. You know what? Isn't that funny that it's, he still sounds great? The old man still is the same. You know, today's, his, today's huh? his son's birthday, right? Yeah, Frank Jr. Yeah, happy yeah. birthday, Frank Jr. Rest in peace, right? But I know, and I love that uh, you listen to the show, and I, one of my favorite parts of the show, we didn't get it to it last night because we were so busy, is playing my Marianne Idala phone call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let me just tell you how happy how happy your appearance today made my mom. So oh. I was with her. I, I had lunch with my parents this past Saturday. God bless And you. they, I only very recently told 
told them about the show because I didn't want them yeah. to get too worked up, right? You know, I mean, you know, they're so into radio. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I said, Ma, I got bad news. I told her in front of my sister and my brother, and I go, I'm not going to play any Sinatra. And of course, she goes, Why? What's the matter? Why? I go, Ma, that's Piscopo's thing. It's Piscopo's station. I'm just like hanging out in his station for a little while. That's his thing. I'm not going to, I said, I'm going to play music from the 80s and the 90s. She, oh, that's ridiculous. And then, Joe, this morning, my father now tries to backdoor. He goes, you know what? I think uh, every once in a while you can throw a little of Sinatra. I don't think. Anyway, so then today, when they say you're going to go on, Sam Boland calls me. He goes, Look, I got to do some intro music for Joe. He goes, Are you cool with me putting on Sinatra? I said, Of course. I said, But the pressure's on you. What Sinatra soon? Do you, do you put on for Joe Piscopo? Yeah, so did yeah, he do yeah. good, Joe? Did Sam Bolin yeah. do the right thing? Yeah, by, uh, you know, Matt's, Matt's great. You forget Matt is a disc jockey. Uh, he's like a professional. He would go out and do that. So And, no, and, and you know, Al Gatulo has so much to do. We love Al, Big Al, on the show. He has so much to do. But when Matt comes on, we get some real – you're going to get the best music out of Matt <laughs> well, Sam Let me tell you right say now. Say hello, Matt. Say hello to Big Joe. <laughs> hey, Joe, you know thank that. you. Thank Matt, you for the guy. No, word. you're the man. You're the man. We don't even rehearse when we go out. If I have to do a station thing and Jerry insists, that I have a big band and I talk him down to just doing tracks, you know, Arthur, because I want to make sure we keep everything cost effective. Thank you, thank you. That's so they can pay. That's so they can pay for your car and driver, right, Joe? Is that what they do with the extra money? So, Joe, let me, let me, let me. You know, I never get to do this. Let me interview you for a second, if if I if I may. So obviously yeah, yeah. you were a huge television star for quite some time, and now you're a huge radio star for, for quite some time, yeah. and, and you're so talented. And I'm not I'm not blowing smoke, and we'll talk about that in a second. But what what's the difference in the skill sets between the TV and the radio for you now that you've I mean eight years right? It's eight years this month you've been on the radio. Yeah, correct? yeah we're going into our ninth year. Yeah, we did eight years on the air. You're right. You know, it's a great question. The question is the intimacy of radio uh, that uh, you don't really realize. I knew it because I went to school for it, studied broadcasting in a little school in Florida, and I have a degree in it, so I understood it, fell in love with it, but then I got sidetracked with comedy and everything else, and then when Jerry uh, Crowley said, uh, hey, uh, Joe, why don't you come in? Uh, you fall the intimacy of this. So, and I have to tell you, the power of this platform, Arthur, that I is you. Keep, I could be on a stage. There could be a thousand people. There could be, you know, eight hundred people. It could be Lorenzo's. You know what I mean? I could be. On I've done TV. Lorenzo's, baby. I've yeah, done Lorenzo. I'm a Lorenzo yeah, yeah. veteran. <laughs> or, or you know what? You could do. Um, Film, you could do. Uh, if you're doing television, you cannot connect with the audience like you do here, and no one gets it. And I'm telling you, that's why. And I, I don't mean to stroke our bosses, but it's true. It's like when when uh, Jerry Crowley steps in, and then legendary Phil Boyce, right? And they start the AM nine seventy, and they rejuvenate the whole station. And when he, as soon as we heard you on the air, I said, I said to Jerry, Jerry, if I ever get hit by a truck, there's your guy. Uh, you got to go to Arthur. Me, Joe, I know. Wait, no, wait. I want to cross. I want to cross examine you for one second because yeah, yeah. when you were doing Saturday Night Live, you were in front of a live studio studio audience, correct? Yeah, yeah. About, so about I'm I'm estimating roughly twenty million at the time, ten million. 20 no, million, no. I'm like talking that. about the live studio. I'm talking about who you actually oh, were yeah, looking 400. at. Yeah, four hundred. Okay. Yeah, four hundred. Yeah. So when you were in front of those four hundred people, and again, I'm not talking about the first week, but when you and, yeah, and yeah. Eddie were like, really, you guys were the biggest things in in the yeah. country. Yeah, yeah. You you did you not feel that same degree of intimacy with the no, people who were sitting? No, great question. Great question. No, you know why? You have got you have got. Uh, you're on stage. You're blocking within a set. Then there are there's a litany of crew in front of you. 
So the 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 touch of the and the feel of the crowd is way removed, especially at SNL. Sometimes they'd be below you like that, but you got more crew cue card people running around. And and to to the point where I played a gig right before Christmas, I went out. And where was I forget where I was. I was playing a place, and they, oh, no, it was Atlantic City, and it was a big event uh, before Christmas. Arthur, they put a dance floor in front of the crowd, you know, in fr- so so that you had you on stage, dance floor, and then the audience seated. And that's, it's tough. To, you know what I am? You know, you, I don't even have to tell you what I did. I got off the stage, walked right, into the right crowd, and walked the crowd, crowd like that. So, but with radio, with this, when you're talking as we speak now, it's a direct contact to where... Uh, the folks. Okay. Kind I have of another. I have live. another Joe Piscopo question because I am very okay. confident that many people don't know this because I was shocked. The, ver, the, the people don't know it's Lorenzo's. Lorenzo. Lorenzo. It is very not true. guilty. Not L- guilty. Lorenzo's. I never is a, met her is in a, my life. A beautiful right night. It's a beautiful nightclub <laughs> in Staten Island. And when I first started doing Piscopo show uh, eight years ago, he, he was going to have a gig there, and we were going to go check it out. I went with my parents, of course. I think I even brought Luca. My son, who was probably yeah. uh, seven years old, eight years old at the yeah, time. Yeah, 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 and, you yeah. know, you took the stage and obviously you, you made everyone laugh and you made everyone feel comfortable. But then all of a sudden you picked up the guitar and you started playing that. And then yeah. the next song you picked up the saxophone <laughs> and you started playing that. And then the next song you, you, you played the flute and you started playing that. And then I believe you played the keyboards and then you ended with Sing, 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 playing the drums. Yeah, all kidding yeah, aside, yeah. Joe, there are not many people who play five or six instruments. How did that all happen? Your father was a lawyer. How do you wind up being this massively unbelievable uh, musician and entertainer? You know, we touched on it last night. My mom, my mom made me take piano lessons. She made me take piano lessons. And I believe once you take piano, you can have a feel for every instrument. And I had a knack for it so I could hear that. Then I went guitar from piano because it was rock and roll, man. I wanted to be like the, the Dave Clark five. I'm older than you are, my brother. So you, you have, you had the eighties, but I really went through the great sixties with the great sounds. And I saw Jagger when he first came out, you know, it was like, Oh my God, all the, all those guys. But anyway, then I went to, I felt comfortable with the drums. I could hear the drums and I could hear it and I could pick it up, but it, it's just instinct. But I always credit my mother, man, my mother, yeah, because she said you got to learn. And I would want to play baseball in Brookdale Park in Bluefield, New Jersey, Arthur. I doubt I want to go play with Johnny Bargo and Johnny Labadee and Kenny Russo. I wanted to be with all my buddies in Brookdale Park. I was in Glenbridge, New Jersey, taking piano lessons. And, and, and you know, it Joe, paid it, off. It, it's so funny. I think the reason why you and I get along so well, and I think we have a great <laughs> chemistry on the radio, is sim- very similar to what you just said. Is when all my buddies were out in the street, Christian Comedy and Glenn, and they're all playing football. <laughs> my father, the, the, he had me sitting at the table. First, it was with Diana Mancini, and then with Mario Costello, learning Italian, learning wow. how to speak Italian. And I was wow. so bummed. And then we got in a car, and he'd have those Berlitz tapes. We drove to Florida <laughs> in a little sedan, a brown apple, and we're listening to Gomistai. How are you? Come ti chiami? What you? And I wanted to murder somebody, but now quando io vado in Italia, posso parlare italiano. I hug right. my father, I kiss him, I go, "Thank you that's so right. much." And that's I wish right, yeah. they would have done that with piano <laughs> lessons. That is when people ask me my biggest regret in life because no. I played for a little while. I said, "Damn, I really oh, wish I still funny. played the piano." Instead, yeah. I sing. I think I'm Mick Jagger. He doesn't really play the piano. I, I so I just <laughs> strut around on stage. And, and I, you know what I, I love about you and what we do have in common is love and respect and appreciation for our parents. Oh, that is that you. How close you are to your mom and your dad. I will be at an event as you, as you listen now. Uh, I'll be at somewhere. I'll be, well, we go on the the schmooze cruise on the boat, and I'm sitting there. And who comes on? Marianne and Lou. That your parents come in, and I love that you. Care. 
care enough. And then that's why I take the time when you say how much your mother listens to the, the Sunday show uh, over at John Her whole Hasman's, life you know, is scheduled. You know, and then, but I take that to heart and I make sure I pray. I play the, the little messages. It's all about who, where we came from. More As I get older... I have I feel such a responsibility, and I'm so grateful to Mr. Crowley and and John Katzmatidis over across town. They understand the platform, and it's our responsibility. What you're, I was so excited when Jerry said Arthur's coming on and doing afternoons. I said this is great because you are us, you are us, my brother. Well, Joe, before are, we run out of time, because I know yeah. you can relate to that. I mean, uh, yeah. all kidding aside, you yeah. you had a tremendous role to play in this. Yeah, I, one time they asked me to sub with with me and someone else. Another time it was me and two other people. And I think you yeah, went into yeah. Jerry Crowley and he said, you know what, let's um, let, let Idala do it on his own. If he's yeah, going to fill yeah. my seat, yeah. uh, I'd rather him do it. And I appreciate because yeah. I know how seriously uh, you take this role and the fact that you trusted your microphone with me meant the world to me. And uh, let's see what happens, Joe. Let's see yeah. what happens. You know what? It's nothing but the best is yet to there come. There we baby. go. The Francis Albert. There come. we go. <laughs> we we can't run. And, and Joe, I, I have 40 <laughs> seconds left because you spoke about your mother. The yeah. only reason why I'm behind this microphone is because of my mother. She <laughs> had Bob Grant on, Barry Farber, Barry Gray, <laughs> all in the 70s. Chris Glynn's house, they had PLJ or WNEW listening to rock and roll, and I'm listening to Bob Grant. Let's be heard! So thanks, Ma, for making this happen. You got it. Joe, you got I'll, it. He, I'll see you at 6 o'clock in the morning. Drive, rip it up. Drive in with Joe. Drive home with Arthur. That is, baby. Rip it up, Arthur Idala. God bless and Godspeed, my friend. Thank you, Joe Piscopo, here at AM 970, The Answer. We're going to do a little news, we're going to do a little traffic, and uh, we're going to be back at like 120 seconds, so don't go anywhere. Jimi Hendrix, hey Joe. I'm Lou Dobbs. Multi-billion dollar video game deal rocks the gaming industry and the IRS crying uncle over its 2022 workload. Those stories next. You know, if you feel like you're stuck with a health care plan that isn't affordable or you simply don't like it, right now is a great time to switch to MediShare. The typical family saves $500 or more per month with MediShare, and what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate when compared to health insurance. Double. You get access to a massive network of providers and 24-7 telehealth. And MediShare is the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. It's been around for more than 25 years, and it's more than just affordable health care, too. You get to be part of a community of Christians who pray for each other and support each other. But here's why now is the time to make the switch. Join before January 15th, and they'll waive your new member fee. So you'll save another $170 right off the bat. Call now. You'll get a prize within two minutes. And again, the deadline is January 15th, so you can save even more. Call 877-64-BIBLE. That's 877-64-BIBLE. 877-64-BIBLE. Take two interactive makers of the controversial video game Grand Theft Auto today rocked the video game industry, announcing it will buy competitor Zynga for nearly $13 billion. The cash and stock deal places Zynga's popular games Farmville and Words with Friends into the Take-Two portfolio of video games. The Internal Revenue Service warning taxpayers they should expect a reduced level of service as tax season approaches. President Biden is blaming failure to pass his so-called Build Back Better program that had over $80 billion earmarked for new IRS agents. Officials in the Treasury Department say they had only 15,000 IRS agents 
to handle 240 million phone calls last year. On Wall Street, stocks closed mixed today. The Dow Jones Industrials down 163 points, but still well off its lows of the day. Please join me for my updates three times each day. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. Cloudy skies, 27 degrees on this Monday evening. What's going on? We have the answer. While Broadway is toughening its vaccine rule for children under the age of 12, the new rule, which requires children between the ages of 5 and 11 to be vaccinated, will go into effect on January 29th. In addition, theaters are also extending their mask policy and vaccine requirements through April. The owners and operators of 41 Broadway theaters are also extending the program, which allows for flexible exchanges and refunds. COVID-19 hospitalizations are climbing in New Jersey, with Governor Murphy reporting the highest number since April of 2020. Today's total number of COVID-19 hospitalizations is 6,075 statewide, which is about four times the amount of one month ago. In terms of actual case numbers, Governor Murphy reported the state is now witnessing the highest number of cases in 22 months, averaging anywhere from 25 to 35,000 positive cases daily. The governor also pointed out that the roughly 380,000 cases since Christmas are likely a significant undercount that doesn't capture at-home results. And the governor also is keeping masks in place in New Jersey's 3,500 schools for the time being. The governor announced today the critical importance of keeping New Jersey schools open, adding kids learning better in regular classrooms and educators are more effective, and he called virtual learning no replacement for in-person education. Taking a look at the traffic, as you travel between New Jersey and New York across the Hudson, the Holland Tunnel, and the Lincoln Tunnel, and now the George Washington Bridge, all in good shape into and out of the city. West Side Highway, FDR Drive, not bad. Cross Bronx, heavy eastbound off the GW Bridge, out towards Webster Avenue. That is because of an accident. Partly cloudy, windy overnight. Overnight low drops to 16. Sunshine tomorrow. Despite the sunshine, we only warm it up a few degrees and reach a high of 20. And sunshine on Wednesday with a high of 37. And now you know what's going on. I am Mike Barker on AM 970, The Answer. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. 6.33 on a Monday night. It's really the first, like, full, full week of the new year because a lot of people had off last Monday. I don't know why. Sam Bolin had off on January 3rd. I wanted to start <laughs> working on the show. He goes, oh, no, we're off over here. I don't, why were you guys off? The national holiday was Friday. Why did you, the, the you know, I don't know. My wife had to go to work. <laughs> yeah. All the schools were open. But, you know, I guess that's how they roll over here at AM 970, the answer. So um, something really historic happened over the weekend, and I'm, I, I don't say that lightly. Uh, it's a first in New York that gambling, like sports gambling, became legal. Uh, and it's interesting because one of my friends is, is the greatest uh, defensive football player of all time is Lawrence Taylor. And I was talking to him. I said, Lawrence, you know, gambling is going to be legal here th- this weekend. And it's starting to spread really around the country. I was like, what do you think? He didn't hesitate. He goes, I think they should vote to put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. He goes, hey, he vote, he he bet for his team. He goes, I can understand if they bet against his team, but he bet for his team. If all of a sudden something that was so horrible years ago isn't so horrible now, why shouldn't we look back and, you know, right, if, right any wrongs? But here's the, the issue that I have. Uh, look, this is, there's no question. This is all done for money. I mean, the, the numbers are stacked. 
staggering, staggering billions, billions, billions are being spent, like not, not in the course of a year. I mean, literally, the economies of small countries are being spent, are being uh, uh, wagered over the course of a weekend. Um, and in doing what I do, there are people who I now represent or I have represented, and sadly, they can't handle the dopamine that is in your brain that from that high that you get from from winning. Uh, I'm very lucky. I. For me, like if I'm going to bet 20 bucks, if I win the 20 bucks, it's like, eh, no big deal. But if I lose the 20 bucks, I'm like, God darn, I could, you know, 20 bucks, I could go to the bar, I get a couple of Guinness. So I don't have that bug. My grandfather, Artie Idala, I remember him telling me that, I think it maybe it was his brother, his older brother. He said, Arturo, if, if you got a guy you don't want to like, you become his friend and you teach him how to play the horses. You ruin his life. Um... Now, look, I think going down for a weekend and spending a couple of hundred bucks or whatever it is that you can handle financially, if that's what you want to do, that's great. I mean, I spend a lot of money, you know, waxing my cars. I spend a lot of money on on Italian red wine. Um, But uh, sadly, the two million people who are addicted to gambling in the United States of America and the 20 million people that gambling affects their uh, their well-being because they overextend themselves those are the people who unfortunately can't handle it as responsibly as they should so what happens and and these are real examples they they chase the money right they lose a hundred okay now i'm going to bet 200 because i'm going to get back the the 100 and and i'll win another hundred and now they're in the whole 300 and now they got to bet 600 and before before long the mortgage is gone. Like the mortgage payment is gone. Like I've had grown men on the other side of my desk crying, crying. It's gone. My kid's tuition. I'll never forget. I can remember the guy's face. And then what happens? Then they go on the street and then they try to borrow money on the street because now they owe the bookie. And what happens to the, when you're on the street? Now they're getting victimized by the people on the street. Oh, it's only 2% interest. Yeah, a day. It's <laughs> 2% a day. And all of a sudden, $1,000 becomes $10,000, and you're paying off a VIG, and it's not going to the, the capital. It's just going towards the interest payment. And so now they start committing crimes. These are people who are not criminals, and yet they're in a position to commit crimes because they can't go tell their family that they have uh, you know, squandered away, gambled away the, the family's assets. And from a legal point of view, in the legislature, in the in the the um, charter of the New York State, it's actually illegal. So here's how they got. It's still illegal to this minute. Here's how they got around it. Um, in 2018, the United States Supreme Court struck down a federal ban on gambling. But then um, what happened was Governor Cuomo and the lawmakers in the 2019 or 2020. Um, what do you call that thing where you put all the money in budget? There you go. They, uh, it was a $212 billion spending plan, right? That's the New York budget. They tucked in there that you're allowed to have, I think it's seven casinos in the state of New York. But what they did was they said, okay, and if you put the servers in those seven casinos, the servers for these gambling things like the the Caesars commercials you're seeing everywhere and FanDuel you're seeing everywhere. If the servers are in New York and the people who are gambling are in New York, everyone's in the state of New York, then it's okay because it's just like they're virtually 
inside the casino. And it has made gambling so accessible to so many people. And I just don't know what the ramifications are going to be. Again, I'm not here to, you know, poo-poo you know, when Mario Romano goes and plays his uh, Texas Hold'em down in Atlantic City and when Johnny Beach goes to, uh, you know, Freehold, New Jersey and gambles on the trotters, even though he's the only person there with a full set of teeth. Um, you know, whatever. They're going there with an the amount of money that they can handle. But sadly, there are people who can handle it. And it's all about the money, folks. I mean, they're talking about... $480 million this year, $480 million. However, the state is implementing a 51% tax on the gross revenues by, I believe there are four outlets right now doing the gambling. As you, anyone who's watched television, been on Facebook, ter- open the New York Post, you have seen advertisements for this thing everywhere you look. I mean, they are shoving it down your throat. And... It is the number one addiction, just so you know, more than drugs, more than alcohol. It is the number one addiction in the United States of America. And unlike cigarettes, where cigarettes came out and then and were legal, and then they found out the dangers of cigarettes and then started putting the warnings on, here the warnings are already there, but yet they're allowing it to be legal. Just about the cigarette thing, I listen to old-time radio shows. If you go on Sirius, they have radio classics. If you go on my father's house, he's got all these cassette tapes with the Bickersons and, and Suspense and The Shadow and The Lone Ranger. And you listen to the commercials, and the commercials are like, four out of five doctors say you should smoke camels, filterless camels for your health. Doctors recommended camels. Now, at the point at that time, in 1942, they didn't know the damage that it, it, it caused, or at least allegedly they didn't know. But now, you know, we're well aware of uh, the, the problems that could be caused by gambling. So here's what they did, folks. You ready? In the budget of the $480 million, $480 million, 1% is going to go to help gambling addiction. 1%. Now, of the 51%, it is uh, for... Uh, I believe early childhood education, it is supposed to go all back to us, uh, to the citizens of New York State. But, you know, at what cost? And I wonder if anyone really studied this. I wonder if anybody looked into this and how deeply they did, because there's a lot of information out there. Or did they just say, you know what? It's COVID. We need the money. We have to do whatever we have to do. And on another day, we're going to do a show on cannabis because it's kind of the same thing. Do we really know what the ramifications are going to be to have legalized marijuana, legalized cannabis? You cannot walk in the street of New York. You can't go one block without smelling weed. It's just it's basically impossible. Maybe that's a slight exaggeration, but a slight exaggeration. Is it going to bring in a ton of money? There's no doubt about that. Has anyone looked in what what are the effects going to be on society? I remember the first time I went to Amsterdam. Uh, I believe it was 1992, and as beautiful of a city as it was with all the legalized drugs, I walked around, and I, I remember saying, yeah, I hope they never do this in New York. Now, Amsterdam, a lot more drugs are legalized than just marijuana. But, um, you know, folks, there are other ways for us to have a revenue stream here in the greatest city in the world than vices. I mean, what what is what is alcohol? What is cannabis? What is gambling? I mean, these are all vices. So it's like if you can't beat them, join them. 
Uh, and let's see what kind of enforcement is going to be implemented regarding the world of gambling, regarding the world of, of cannabis. Because if we don't crack down on the black market in both of these entities, well, then the tax revenue won't come in. And what they're trying to achieve here by funding education, by funding Gamblers Anonymous, uh, it, it will never be achieved. So we shall see um, what the future holds. Again, I don't want to sound like I'm some stick in the mud. And anybody who knows me knows that that's not true uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But I am concerned for people who have an addictive personality and maybe, you know, we're making it so easy. And especially the statistics, I believe, is 80 percent of college kids bet on games now. Eighty eight zero. Now, that just wasn't the case when I was a kid because it was too hard to do. So what does that mean now that we're we're breeding a generation to gamble? Apparently, right before this weekend, when it was legal in New Jersey, Mario told me you would get in your car, drive over the Outer Bridge Crossing into New Jersey, and there was a parking lot where everyone there would turn on their phone and place their bets from there. So, you know, that's a lot of work. Um, now we're even, and, and they, people still do it. Now there's even less work. Who's, let's see what the ramifications are for Atlantic City. There's a beautiful casino that I went to uh, by Monticello. I mean, state-of-the-art, gorgeous. I would recommend anyone to go there. I was in Vegas to see the Stones, whatever, six weeks ago. I, I, oh, I did. I put $200 on the roulette wheel. I was doing really well, and I got tired, and I just started putting it all on 19 because that's my mother's birthday, and I made sure I lost it all, and I went to sleep. I made my donation. With that being said, folks, I don't want to come off as like, oh, come on. You guys know I'm, I'm cool and we're chilling. I just want to make sure everyone is safe, everyone is happy, and as Eminem would say, you know, I don't know, what would Eminem say, Matt? What would Eminem That's say? the way he is. That's just the way he is. <laughs> Great. <laughs> All right, we got one more commercial break. Chuck told me to slow down, so I'm slowing down, Charlie. And uh, we'll come back, and we're going to do a little like what's going on in the world, who's left us, who's come in, whose birthday it is. And um, I think I have to do a real quick commercial, and we'll take it from there. All right, folks, stay tuned. We'll be back in 120 seconds. I'm Liz Clayman, and this is the Fox Business Report. Stocks finished mixed with the Nasdaq erasing earlier large losses as investors await inflation data this week and the start of earnings season. The Dow falling 163 points, the Nasdaq up 7, S&P 500 down 7. In Dell Technology, shares closed at a record high after being dubbed compellingly inexpensive by an analyst at Wall Street firm Bernstein. And shares of big lots fell a whole lot in the extended session. The discount retailer said it had been seen softening of traffic and sales trends in January due to a surge of the Omicron COVID variant as well as bad winter weather. And shares of semiconductor giant Intel are spiking after hours. The company confirmed the appointment of David Zinsner as chief financial officer. Current CFO George Davis will retire in May. Most recently, Zinsner was executive vice president and CFO at Micron Technology. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Hillary Barsky, invested in you. Run, walk, honor. The Tunnel to Towers 5K Run and Walk in New York City retraces FDNY firefighter Stephen Siller's final footsteps on 9-11. That single event has inspired more than 70 runs, walks, and climbs in different cities across the nation each year. Register for an event in your area or volunteer to start one. Do good and never forget by donating $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. 
Chances are your home financing questions won't end when this show does. So the next time you have a question about home loans, ask the lending experts at Citizens Bank. They can help you every step of the way during the home buying process, starting with getting a pre-approval before you start shopping for a new home. Call 212-857-6668, 212-857-6668, and ask a citizen. Mortgages are offered and originated by Citizens Bank N.A., NMLS number 433960, Equal Housing Lender. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Nineteen eighty-seven. What a year! SUNY Purchase, Office of Broadball. So, before I uh, I just get into a couple of fun stuff. I do want to say the only reason why I'm able to be here is because of my friends at Freehold Mitsubishi. They are the ones when when the opportunity of this hour came up and they offered it to me. They said, Arthur, you know, obviously you need sponsors. I picked up the phone. I said, Mike, this is the situation. You guys are kicking it great down there. Mitsubishi, the product line is spectacular they really their big truck that they just came out with the outlander is gorgeous it's brand spanking new consumer reports gave it two thumbs up car and driver gave it two thumbs up it looks super hot i dropped luca off at school the other day in queens and i was like well that's a cool truck what is it and it's the first time i got to see it i've seen it on um, the internet but it was first time i saw it live i'm like damn that's bad Mom, bad means good. It doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. It means it's a good thing. Um, so if you guys, if anyone out there is looking for cool guys, they are not pushy. They are not aggressive. Sometimes I wish they were a little more pushy and a little bit more aggressive. Call Freehold Mitsubishi. It's right on Route 9. It's right across from, there's a cool place there that sometimes I go to, I drop my son off there, and then I go hang out with the guys called I Play America. It's like a huge video game place. The mall is right there. The racetrack is right there. You'll see Johnny Beach and his boy Dave there betting like it's going out of style on the trotters, which is probably half fixed. But I mean, what do I know about car- about horses? I know about cars. Freehold Mitsubishi. It's platinum. It's a platinum situation with those guys. Before I get into who's left us and who's, whose birthday it is, et cetera, et cetera, I just want to thank, um, I spoke to so many people in the world of radio, legends in the world of radio over the past week. Uh, and everyone was so supportive and, and gave me some tremendously, value, tremendously valuable information. I'm getting texts from some people right now who are listening, one of whom happens to be a television anchor. That makes me a little nervous because he's the one who kind of launched my uh, career in the media in 2004. You said, you're pretty good at this stuff. I'm like, thank you, sir. And uh, we forged a lifelong friendship. Uh, but the the people in the radio just said, listen, Arthur, just be yourself, be real, be transparent. Uh, and that's kind of what I'm going to, it's the only thing I know how to do. So um, I do want to say that a lot of people, I, I looked up like a little current events thing and we lost a lot of folks recently who, um, I, when I filled in for Piscopo, I announced, it was on December 17th, I announced that um, they were going to do a big special for Betty White on January 17th and for her 100th birthday. And her niece is actually on the board of directors with me for the Friars Club here in New York. Um, it's her great niece, actually. And so we lost Betty White, who was kind of like, you know, America's mom. And then today we bought, we lost Bob Saget, who was kind of like America's dad. <clears throat> he was very young. I mean, 65 years old. His autopsy came out today. 
uh, well, his initial findings is that there was no foul play. It didn't seem like uh, he, he was just laying in bed. And sometimes, I guess, when it's your time, it's your time. Um, the New York Jets, Giant Jets, lost Don Maynard. I believe he was the quarterback right after um, Joe Namath, but or maybe he's before. I don't know. Somebody will call me from the sports world. Speaking of calling, I didn't give out the call-in number today because, I don't know, Al Gattulo was like, dude, it's your first show. You don't need anyone calling in. You never know who's going to call in and take you sideways. He's like, why don't you get your legs under you? You're going to have a guest. You'll have plenty of time. You're gonna, that hour is going to fly by. So, Al, I listened to you, and I eschewed the, the, the phone calls. But... There will be some phone calls, and I know some of my buddies are going to call me and give me a hard time, but that's, that's just the name of the game. I'll handle it. Uh, Mr. Durst died today after he was convicted in um, California, and now he was going to be charged again in Westchester. So, quite frankly, he saved us a lot of money. He was really, they're like, he died of natural causes. Yeah, you think? Did you see him in the wheelchair in his trial? He looked, he looked horrible. And as per my law partner, Judge Cammons, he said, Barry Cammons, he said, you've got to mention that Dwayne Hickman, who was TV's lovelorn Dobie Gillis, is dead at 87. Apparently, that was a huge uh, broadcast on CBS from 59 to 63, uh, The Many Lives of Dobie Gillis. He said, believe me, your listeners will appreciate that. So, Dobie, wherever you are, 87, it's a decent run. God bless. Last night at the Golden Globes, I was very, very happy. Now, uh, there's all this controversy I'm not going to get into, why it wasn't on TV, et cetera, et cetera. I still followed it. We will be doing some some of that entertainment stuff. I'll have my friend Lauren Conlon on here every once in a while to fill us in on the world of entertainment. Um, I was very happy to see that Andrew Garfield, who starred in Tick, Tick, Boom, which is the story of Jonathan Larson, who um, he's the individual who wrote the Broadway smash hit Rent, which is definitely in my top five, maybe top three. It goes like Les Mis, probably Hamilton. You got Rent, you have um, Phantom of the Opera. Those are probably, I don't know, Mario will tell me I forgot something in there. But those are the, those are the big ones. Um, he did a great job in Tick, Tick, Boom. <clears throat> um, during uh, It's about Jonathan Larson's life before Rent came out. Because when Rent went into previews, he died suddenly of a brain aneurysm. So he actually never saw his show uh, performed. And Andrew Garfield did an unbelievable job because at the very end of the movie, they show live footage of Jonathan Larson. And you can see how well Andrew Garfield filled that role. And also West Side Story got a bunch of awards. Uh, when I was in poly prep at my freshman year, I was lucky enough to play behind. I was Baby John and Doug Jabara was Arab. And uh, we had so much fun. That was the the play that I did that I had the, the most fun the musical that I did at the very end when Maria is over Tony's dead body I was the little boy who came over to Maria and took the black shawl over her shoulders and put it on top of her head and I could hear my mother crying in the third row uh, as the curtains came down so that was a uh, I was so happy I can't wait Josh called me last night he's like we gotta go see West Side Story he said no he said take your wife to go see West Side Story he said my wife is nursing every three hours on the dot Unless I, I fit into that perfect little window where she finishes nursing, we jump in the car, we run to the movie theater, watch the It's not going to happen. I said, I'll go with Doug and we'll go see West Side Story. So um, 
anyone who knows a little bit about me knows that my grandfather, Artie Idala, was a very well-known uh, boxing judge during the heyday of boxing, the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and his last bout, I believe, was 1983. Uh, New Orleans, he went down to judge a fight. He judged Muhammad Ali versus Joe Frazier, the greatest, most hyped fight of all time, March 8th, 1971. Well, today is George Foreman's 73rd birthday. How does that tie in? Well, after Muhammad Ali got beat by um, Joe Frazier, shortly thereafter, Joe Frazier got really beat by George Foreman. It may have been after the second Ali-Frazier fight, which Ali won, and then Frazier fought Foreman and knocked him out. And it, Those were when boxing matches were boxing matches and nobody knew what the outcome was going to be. It's a little different now. But uh, so we got birthdays. We have people who left us. We have the Golden Globes. Uh, I hope as we wind down this um, this first hour that everyone will kind of give me some feedback. Uh, when I was a prosecutor, I was lucky to have some really wonderful role models in the district attorney's office from Mike Vecchione and Joe Petrosino and Gutman and uh, even Karen Stepner, who gave me a hard time. But in retrospect, I learned a lot who would have no problem criticizing my opening statements, my closing statements, my cross. Well, there wasn't a lot of cross examination when you're a prosecutor. But um, feel free to text me. You guys have my number to email. Oh, I have a new email address. It's Arthur at ABKLawNYC.com. Arthur at ABKLawNYC.com. ABK, and it's not a commercial, and just so you know, what, what does that stand for? Idala, Bertuna, and Kamens. Bertuna is my wife, Marianne, who I love enormously immensely i'm only able to be here because she's obviously my partner in life but my partner in the law firm as well and judge kamens is was the chief judge of the city of new york so it's arthur at abklawnyc.com chuck send me an email tell me what you think chuck says i think i need to drink more water but this is just how my voice is bro you know me since i'm 18 i mean it doesn't really change um so send me in your thoughts what you'd like to see what you'd like to hear what topics you want us to cover this is your hour this is not my hour. This is, I want to provide a little bit of information, a little bit of entertainment, a little bit of energy, and send you into your home or sit down with your family, feeling good, feeling positive. You know, what Bob Grant used to say was, you know, it's your, uh, oh, Morano's going to kill me. Uh, your opinion counts. Use it. Well, we've kind of wor rolled into a world where everyone's got an opinion and they're all out there and everyone's telling you what's on their mind. But my old my aunt Jewel used to say, you're born with two ears and one mouth. And maybe we should all start listening to each other with open minds and open hearts, because maybe the country and the state and the city could just lower the temperature a little bit, because you know what? Before we're Democrat, Democrats and Republicans, before we're Americans, before we're New York Staters and New York Cityers, we're human beings. And we all need to work together to make our borough, our city, our state, our country, our world the best that it could possibly be. I mentioned that my favorite Broadway show is Les Miserables. I lost track how many times I've seen it and how many places I've seen it. But the last line to the music uh, said by Jean Valjean, who is the main actor who's dying, his last words is, to love another person is to see the face of God. So I love a lot of people, so I get to see God's face all the time. 
to all of you out there listening to Matt Sambolin, thank you so much, brother. You picked out some great tunes, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to your DJing. To Joyce, who came up with the name, the Idola Power Hour, I love it. To Phil Boyce, who allowed me to do this, and to Jerry Crowley, who is the architect of it all. Thank you. It was great having Joe Piscopo on. AM 970, The Answer. It's the greatest place for radio in New York City. There's going to be a podcast up on the website real soon. So we will talk to you tomorrow. I can't believe i got to do this again tomorrow. Everyone have a great, great evening. Go home, hug your family, have a beer, and have some fun. See you later. The preceding program, sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.